All right, everybody, let's do this. Episode 260, a magic number in the summer of 2004, 260. This is Josh Lewin. What do I mean by that? You guys remember the 260 thing? A-Rod and Veritech at home plate in 04 in July. They're going face-to-face, and A-Rod supposedly says, throw that blank over the plate. And Veritech says, hey, dude, we don't hit 260 hitters. And that's when you see Alex Rodriguez look at Veritech and go, F you, F you. And then there's the brawl, then the Bellhorn home run, and the summer of 04 with the group of idiots. It all started pretty much there. The rallying from down three in the ALCS, the first World Series title in 86 years. You guys hear about that? Uh, let's see, what else was 260? Kevin Euclid's batting average that 2004 season, his rookie season, as you may recall. Andre Dawson's career batting average as a Red Sox in his 119 games. That was 260. R260, here's what we're doing as we try to sift through all the nonsense. Will there be baseball in 2020? Bob Nightingale has been covering this for USA Today very adroitly, very well. So we looked him up, and he was kind enough to jump on with us. I got to give you a little bit of a caveat here. Our conversation with him, the first maybe two, three minutes, the audio is not great. We fix it about uh, two or three minutes into a uh, about a 14, 15-minute conversation. So just a, a heads up on that. We'll have some Red Sox-centric items for you, too. And I, I do want to get into, obviously, where we are at this moment in time regarding what's going on in baseball. But before we dive in, I just heard myself mentioning 2004. And I'd like to go back there for just a minute because we could all use a good B12 shot of yesterday in our butt cheeks right about now. The little things from 2004 that get forgotten. You know, I wasn't around. I wasn't a Red Sox uh, guy in 04. I followed them from afar. I was working for the Texas Rangers then. But I remember the the 32-inning scoreless streak from the pitching staff at the end of April. Obviously, uh, we mentioned the the Veritech A-Rod thing, getting in as a wild card, and then what they did in the postseason. Do we realize how remarkable that was? I mean, the the sweep of a 105-win Cardinals team after they rallied from down 3 nothing against the, the 101-win Yankees. And in that World Series, they outscored the Cardinals 24-12. to They never trailed for even a minute of a four-game series. Those vaunted St. Louis sluggers did nothing. Scott Rowland was 0-15. Uh, Jim Edmonds was 1-15 with the one hit being a bunt single. The finale played under the, the full moon and the lunar eclipse on the anniversary of the, the Game 7 loss to the Mets in 86. I mean, you, you can't make that stuff up. So just for for shits and gigs, I'm recording this podcast, episode 260, on the date of June 22nd. So I went and looked up June 22nd, 2004 for you. Kurt Schilling against the Twins, Kyle Loesch at Fenway. And I don't know. I mean, you know, the the Red Sox were 40 and 29 with that win. I mean, so obviously I had a a feeling things were going to go okay. But in front of the Fenway sellout on a Tuesday night, Red Sox... Broke it open. Broke open a close game with six in the seventh inning. There was a Nomar Grand Slam in that one. 9-13-0 for the Red Sox. 2-7-0 for the Twins. The Twins of Christian Guzman at short. Corey Koski at third. Jacques Jones in the lineup. Luis Rivas at second base. Red Sox lineup, you want to hear it? Top to bottom. Damon in center. Bellhorn at third. Ortiz DHing Manny in left. Gabe Kapler came on for defense. Garcia Parra at short. Uh, let's see, Trot Nixon and right, Millar at first, although Dave McCarty pinch ran for him in the game. Jason Veritek catching, had two hits. Pokey Reese was the uh, second baseman, then moved to short when Cesar Crespo came in at second. Anyway, Pokey batting ninth in that game. 
Loesch lost it. Fultz, Roa, and Guerrero also pitched for Minnesota. Shilling the win to go to 9-4. and four. Scott Williamson lowers his ERA to 1.29, pitching the 8th. Keith Folk did give up a run in the ninth that actually upped his ERA to 1.24 in that one. That was June twenty second, 2004. I kind of like going back and, and looking at stuff like that. Hey, by the way, no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Ben Online, right now. Sports are slowly, we hope, making their way back. UFC, NASCAR, soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. If you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, UFC stuff going on. If you're looking for something else besides sports, Bet Online with hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, go to betonline.ag or use your mobile device. Join now to receive your new welcome bonus. Start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and we're very glad to have them as part of the fold. All right, so as promised, where are we? Uh, boy, yeah, I guess we got to go there here. Here's what's happening now with our not-so-glorious grand old game. The most influential players huddled pretty much all weekend to discuss where they stood on the latest offer, including the, the slight modifications that came in on Sunday. Every indication, uh, everybody's resolved against accepting the current version, the 60-game season. That would push the commission to uh, maybe move towards pressing the button that he wanted to avoid. That's the implementation of the season on his terms. And you're talking, again, we might know everything by the time you're listening to this, but a 48-54 to 54 game season. He could install 60 and see if the, the fight against COVID-19 allows that many games. Manfred over the weekend sent uh, Tony Clark a letter offering the cancellation of the expanded playoffs, the universal DH to go into 2021, all kinds of stuff like that. So, Here's what the players can do now that it's in their court. And someone leaked to, to John Heyman. We all think it was Scott Boris. And it looks like a 7-1 to vote for no would be going with the players' council. Daniel Murphy would be the one to center. I think the players were right to take a couple days to just kind of chill here uh, on that 60-game proposal. A correct reading of the room, given the, the harsh reminders that everybody's received the last few days that uh, COVID-19 is still the real villain and obstacle here but maybe it's a breather to realize that that in their hands is the only true solution here to this labor mess that the best hoped for outcome in any dispute any labor dispute especially is for both sides to feel like they've walked away a little bit better for all the hassle and if you agree to the 60 game schedule players get what they they wanted more than anything else they get the pro rate of salary and as a bonus They get to take the high road. They get to look like the good guys. The owners still deserve, I think, the scorn and blame here. And this may be moot now that COVID-19 is back in full force. But by holding tight to that 60-game thing, they're basically steering right back towards no deal. And a meet-in-the-middle number of 65 games, that would have cost each owner maybe 4 or $5 million this season. You're going to tell me blowing up the season and the sport is worth that? I mean, if you really don't have 4 or $5 million, and, and you can make that back in 2021 by just reducing salary, by the way. Uh, if there's no season, Einstein, you'll lose playoff revenue and everything else. It's a very myopic stance. My question all along, we're going to ask Bob Nightingale this, is where the moderates have been in all of this. You know, So many opportunities missed here and spirits crushed. Every attempt at the middle ground has just been silenced. And you know, one agent came out and said, I think there are bullies on both sides. And if you privately took a poll of the non-bullies, this would have been a whole different negotiation. And, and the question after all this time for the players now 
is does your leadership want to make a deal or do you want to make a point? Uh, you know, I mean, what, what's the end game here? Uh, there was a great summation from Joel Sherman, I thought, in the New York Post. He said, uh, think about what's been missed by failing to play regular season games by Independence Day weekend, because we know high-level baseball can be played within a pandemic. It's happening in Taiwan and South Korea and Japan, although those countries have done a much better job of fighting COVID-19, obviously. Uh, what is going to happen with basketball and hockey and football? I mean, there, there's a chance that baseball could have been the only team sports game in this country. That would have meant major things for eyeballs and wallets and, and all of that, says Joel Sherman, and I agree. So there's this big opportunity out there. There is still a national TV deal to do with ESPN. You can get deals done with streaming services. There's gambling. There's expansion money coming in. There's a lot of money still coming in here. So, guys, let's have a spirit of cooperation at the finish line. Let's get this thing done. Arizona and Florida and Texas are a mess COVID-19-wise. There's spikes in all those states. Remember, Texas said a couple weeks back its stadiums could be filled to 50% capacity. Wah, wah. That's, that's not happening. Baseball in a bubble, that, that could be a thing. So, again, the, the players were supposed to to vote on the uh, the 60 game offer they didn't do over the weekend maybe by the time you're listening to this they'll have done that but uh before we get to bob nightingale for the deep dive on this stuff just a reminder for how this is all supposed to work out the working plan presently is to have each team play at its home ballpark spring trainings looks like it'll be there too we got a fenway spring training coming up the leagues would be replaced by three divisions, 10 teams each to limit travel. Everybody gets to use the DH. The East, Red Sox are in there with the Yankees, the Mets, the Nationals, yikes, the Orioles, thank you, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Marlins. All right. Central would be the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. The West Dodgers, Angels, Giants, A's, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, Mariners. That all makes sense. Again, everybody gets a DH. All extra inning games would start with a runner on base starting in the 10th inning, just like in the minor leagues now, trying to shorten games and limit players' time spent at the park. Traditional rules would go back in the playoffs. Capiche, That's what is on the table, but a, a wobbly table it continues to be. We will get into that momentarily with Bob Nightingale. One more thing to tell you about, remind you about here, is we all put on some weight probably during the COVID-19 pandemic. And most people, when they try to lose weight, they think exercise. I just got back from a run myself. But uh, whether they actually start exercising or not, the results normally the same either way. Uh, Because really, this is about nutrition. And with Awaken 180 weight loss, you get a customized nutrition plan. That's what you need. And the weekly one-on-one coaching, too. Uh, It's a chance for you, too, to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week after that. Uh, You'll be, during the transformation, losing weight but gaining tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep things on point for the long term. And as always, Awaken 180 gets you free support for life. It's worked for Cedric Maxwell. It's worked for Scott Zolak and so many other people. Maybe it's your turn now. We invite you to call the Long-Term Solution for Weight Loss, the official weight loss program of the Red Sox. It's Awaken 180 Weight Loss. You can do it online. Go to awaken180weightloss.com. All right, Bob Nightingale is on deck. He has ready. Again, a reminder, the audio is not great off the top, but it resolves after a bit. Here is USA Today's Bob Nightingale. 
As promised, the very busy but very informed Bob Nightingale, USA Today's very own, joining us. And uh, Bob, first of all, thanks so much for taking the time. I can't imagine how much cell phone battery you're burning, but I really appreciate you taking the time. How crazy has all this been for you? I mean, COVID and labor wars and everything else. Yeah, just wild times, particularly the last uh, week and days. I mean, it was so crazy, Josh, where uh, on Friday, for instance, I mean, there's news that uh, Phillies have the outbreak in camp. And then comes out that MLB is not, you know, to uh, readjust their uh, proposal and they're staying at 60 games. Then it comes out that the union and owners are told, uh, extra inning thing where they might even have games at in and tie, which kind of get lost in the whole shuffle. So, yeah, crazy times. What's surprised you most, Bob, about this tone deaf, frosty battle royale that we got going here? I, I think just the uh, the openness of it. I mean, the fact that everything has been made public, you know, those negotiations, you know, you didn't know much at all. Yeah, there's sources and stuff like that. But now, you know, particularly with the social media, is things instantaneous. And so everybody sees how much bad blood there is. And uh, that's the unfortunate part. I think just leaves an ugly taste in everybody's mouth. It, it seems to me, too, the, the best way I've actually heard it described is like everybody's driving around looking for a, a one cent discount at, at the gas pump. And they're, they're just burning gas and driving around. And after a while, it's stupid. Just just pull over, gas up, and let's go. Do, do you agree that's part of the frustration? Yeah, it is. I mean, just it's almost like they're talking in circles at times. And, you know, I think the one part that just drove everybody nuts was that everybody kind of came in with unrealistic things. You know, where MLB asked the players to take about a percent slash of their pro out of pay when they already said they were going to they're losing 30 or 40 percent revenue you know with the uh lack of ticket sales and then with the you know, players coming back with a hard you know with the hard 14 game schedule you know you're not gonna play games that you know in in december so i think you know, both started off at such extremes you know the problem just to be honest was just you know that whole 26 agreement uh i've read it and you know you know they're in black and white if there are no fans if there's foul restrictions and it'll be the right to, you know, open up negotiations on salaries. Later on, it doesn't mention it. So both sides are sticking to their guns. But I just think they, uh, for some reason, you know, it, it came out that the owners were reneging on their deal, you know, which, which wasn't true. We're chatting with Bob Nightingale. We're trying to make the, uh, the best out of a weird situation. And knowing that all of this is so liquid, I mean, by the time people are listening to this, Bob, there's going to be three other things that have happened. But... In general, uh, who are the moderates in the room uh, on either side? Are there any, or is it just everybody yelling? Well, I think there's a growing number of agents that want to get a deal done. They're saying, enough's enough. Let's get this thing worked. There's a ton of back-channeling going on now, and there wasn't before, Josh. And uh, I think the owners, same thing. They're the ones who pushed Rob to go meet with Tony Clark uh, in Phoenix on Monday. The meeting was very quiet and very productive, although, you know, they couldn't even agree on what they agreed on that meeting. That was the problem. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of back-channeling going on right now, uh, particularly with the agents seem to be much more involved. I read a great 
idea, I don't know if you saw this too, but maybe the option now with, with COVID-19 spiking again, just move every team to the Field of Dreams field out there in Iowa, right? I mean, it, it, if you build it, they will come. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers, but one constant through all the years has been baseball. Uh, that sounds pretty good right about now. And there's not a lot of COVID-19 cases in Iowa. So I kind of like that idea. I do. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very good. I mean, right now, right now, COVID-19 is still, you know, is pitching a complete, a perfect game. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable, you know, what's going on. And that's really, you know, that's really changed everything, you know, just recently. It's like, okay, uh, I think the players are believing it, it's going to be impossible to play 70 games. We may be lucky to even have, 60 games in there. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows once everybody congregates for spring training, you know, what happens next? Uh, I, I will say after all the talk and people saying baseball wasted a, a golden opportunity to be playing by July 4th. Well, if we were in spring training camps right now, Josh, spring training would have been shut down. So we went back to square one. Yeah, that's a great and unfortunate point. Uh, you know, if indeed, and again, I mean, maybe we, we know the answer to this by the time this podcast drops, but let's say that it's 60 games. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like the, the necessary step to have gotten to a deal, whether it's 64 games, 65, whatever, isn't that only like another $5 million per team? And can't they make that back just by doing what they're going to do anyway in 2021, which is cut some salaries down? Yeah, salaries be cut down. I know, I know the owner's biggest fear is that uh, you know won't be fans next year either, or you know certainly you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be selling out games, or uh, people are going to be afraid to go to ballparks even if everything's open. So they they anticipate another big dip uh, a year from now. So as explained to me, Josh, every game is worth twenty five million dollars to the owners. So you're right. So if there's a uh, if you split the difference in five games, that's one hundred twenty five million. Plus some other stuff as far as playoff pool and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, we're getting down to it, but I don't think they're going to bridge that gap. I don't think the owners are moving off 60. Wow. Now, what about, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, we, we do have this Petri dish now to do some experimentation, to do some weird things, some of it just because, some of it probably necessary. And, and you know, ties after 12 innings, for example. Uh, the, the runner at second base like they've started doing in the minor leagues. Do you think that that is something that, that people can get past? I know the purists are, are doing whirly birds here. Then, yeah, I mean, let alone putting patches of advertising on uniforms for a year or two. Aren't we kind of past the point of the purists getting to say anything right now? And, and I, I am a purist, by the way, but I just want to see some baseball. Yeah, I, I think maybe the purists will say, okay, you can do it this year, but we don't want to see it next year. Uh, the union has agreed to do it this year, but not next year. So uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But both sides have agreed that beginning the 10th inning, a runner in second base, just like the minor leagues. The union asked MLB to consider tie games. Of the, you know, Say you go 14, 15 innings, game ends in a tie. Uh, I'm not sure the purists will go for that one. I, I, don't, I don't see tie games, but it's in that proposal. You know, before we leave the, the topic of what, what is just such sad craziness, because uh, I do want to talk some actual on-field baseball with you, Bob, in the time we've got left. But, you know, what, one thing I, I think I want to point out to you and agree or disagree, there are a lot of owners that are getting just pile-drived right now, and I get it, and some of them actually deserve it. 
Some of them, though, I'm just wondering when they step up. I mean, a John Sherman with the Royals. You know, Chris Illich has so much respect with everybody in the Tigers organization, the Padres guys. Peter Seiler and Ron Fowler, everybody seems to love them and their organization. The Red Sox, obviously, uh, you know, they, they do so many things right. And the players, too. You know, you, you hear talk of Marcus Stroman showing up at a random Little League practice. Albert Pujols taking up for the Dominican players in the Angels system that we're going to get shorted on pay. There aren't all villains out there now, right? No, you're absolutely right. Particularly those players to step up, like you said, you know, Pujols and uh, um, uh you know, he, he, he stepped up last week. Adam Wainwright jumped out the beginning. Since the Chu jumped out at the beginning. So, yeah, you see a lot, a lot of those things. And then you're asking, well, why aren't the uh, owners doing that? They're the ones who are billionaires. And yet, you know, with all these pay cuts, uh, furloughs, and layoffs, by, you know, a lot of valued employees, employees have been there for 20, 30 years. For them to lose their jobs over this, I don't think the owners are that cold-hearted just to do it if they didn't think he's – if they didn't believe these money losses are for real. So, you know, it's got to be for real or else I, I can't see uh, owners, you know, being, you know, being cruel and just, you know, laying off people for the heck of it. Right. Hey, speaking of people losing money, uh, and, and this all kind of ties in with our good friend coronavirus here, I, I know nobody's crying for Mookie Betts because he's obviously a super talented guy that's going to make money, more money than you and I will ever see in our lives, and, and that's great. But... Uh, you know, this is a guy who turned down what was believed to be a $300 million offer from the Red Sox. And uh, unless there's a real quick vaccine coming here, uh, it just seems to me like COVID, everything else conspires against Mookie Betts seeing any kind of multi-year anything right now. And that's kind of sad to me because I think Mookie's a great guy. Yeah, uh, he might have even told, turned on 325. Man, you know, hey, it made sense. This guy's a superstar. Uh, even, you know, when Mike Trout signed his $360 million extension, you know, he was already employed uh, by the Angels. He wasn't a free agent. So I thought he had a very good chance to get $400 million. Not now. I still think he gets a long-term contract, but not, not at the money he, you know, originally sought. So I, I think, you know, he's going to have to put in a lot of opt-out clauses in there just to be able to get, you know, out of that deal. You know, when it's a, uh, you know, when the money's back in the game and you think about a guy like a uh, JT Real Muto, um, he was probably weeks away from signing the extension with the Phillies. You know, the Phillies weren't going to uh, let let the season start without locking him up. You know, and now, you know, he's not going to get, he's probably not going to get the same money that he was looking for. I'm thinking of J.D. Martinez, too, potential free agent. And, and it seemed, Bob, like there were only a couple, maybe three, American League teams that would want to jump in on him because he's pretty much a DH now. But if indeed we're looking at everybody's got a DH, doesn't his market now include maybe eight or nine National League teams? So maybe this is great news for J.D. Martinez. Yeah, it could be. I just don't know if he, uh, I don't know if he can opt out and get that same kind of money, though. That's the thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I just don't see people paying those kind of contracts. I think... I think the free agent market is going to be a disaster for uh, players. And I think that uh, unless you're a superstar, these guys who are arbitration eligible, I think they're just going to be non-tendered. So just flood that market. Hey, uh, gone but not forgotten is Alex Cora. I'm interested in your take because, you know, usually people, if they're dealing with a scandal, they just kind of stay quiet, lay in the weeds, they let time pass, or they come out with a huge apology towards one of the two. Seems like Alex Cora has taken kind of a third option here. It's like he's not calling a press conference, but whenever he's asked, 
he's swinging, right? I mean, he, he's saying, look, it, it wasn't just me here, and, and I'd like to get back in the game somehow. Yeah, and I'm very glad he is you know, stepping out and talking. Yeah, you know, it was ridiculous. I mean, people making it out like a, uh, you know, the two of them, Carlos Beltran and him, controlled everything. That, oh, we didn't want to do this, but they made us. You know, <laughs> you know like Bel- Beltran was going to be uh, El Chapo here, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, I feel terrible for both of them. I mean, here's Beltran, you know, finally had a chance to manage. Who knows if that, you know, probably not going to happen again. You know, maybe be a coach. But I'm not sure anybody will give him a, a chance to manage after this. I also fear it's going to greatly damage his uh, Hall of Fame chances. I was going to vote for him. I probably still will. But uh, it's going to hurt his uh, chances uh, a lot. And Cora, you know, hey, people love what this guy has done. You know, creative mind. Uh, players love him. Management loves him. So I, I think he'll be back. But, you know, I just don't know when. I mean, before you're thinking, okay, there's always turnover in baseball. With a short season, will any manager be fired? I mean, it'd be pretty, be pretty unfair for anyone to lose their job over this. So if you had to guess, and this is a horrible game to play, Bob, but I mean, you know, the, the last that we know as you and I are recording this is that the MLB proposal remains for 60 games. Spring training is going to have to be pushed back now, probably closer to 4th of July. You hope to start the season July 27th. If you had to guess, 60-game season, no season, playoffs, uh, you know, 16 teams in it, 10 teams in it. What, what's your best guess, no matter what we learn on Monday or Tuesday, what do you think the finish line is going to look like? If the coronavirus is not a factor, but it doesn't play a factor in this at all, I believe we'll have a 60-game season, uh, you know, 16 teams in the playoffs, and go from there. And you really, you know, the players want to expand on playoffs as much as the owners do. Because let's face it, over 60 games – you're going to have some flukes, uh, you know, uh, get in there and some great teams that are out. At least you diminish that chance of uh, some good teams being left out if you have 16 teams. But 10 teams, I, I think you're, it, it could be a farce. So I, I think both sides, no matter what happens, really want the 16-team postseason. And I, I do believe we'll play 60 games. And uh, after talking to a, a number of players and GMs and uh, uh, managers, yeah, they'll tell you, Whoever wins the World Series this year is going to mean just as much of any other year, if not more, just because of everything we've we've gone through. It's really unusual to try to even predict this one, but whoever wins the World Series, and you're right, it could be the most random team ever. And what if it's a team that's that's never won it? You know, I mean, what if the Texas Rangers come out of nowhere this year and get it done? Uh, you know, is that worthy of a parade? You probably can't even have a parade unless everybody promises to wear a mask. I mean, is there just so many unponderables to ponder right now? Yeah, I, I would hope that you guys celebrate just like normal. Uh, forget about the social distancing in that moment. Go ahead and pour champagne and do the dog pile on the mound and everything else. You know, we'll see about how the parade part would, would work. But, yeah, I mean, even the Washington Nationals, who, you know, who won their first World Series, and they still haven't even had a ring ceremony. So you feel for those guys, too, you know. Bob, great insight as always. I'm going to let you go because I bet your phone is ringing off the hook trying to figure out what's what. Although phones don't really have hooks anymore, do they? I've dated myself. <laughs> but, right, but, like the Rolodexes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, roll a what? Thank you, my friend. We'll uh, talk when we know what's going on again. I sure appreciate you. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Take care of yourself. See you, Bob. Very cool stuff. We had John Heyman on last week, Bob Nightingale this week. I know we usually try to keep this very Red Sox-centric, but we are not in a bubble right now. This is all about the sport of baseball, not just the Red Sox right now. But before we go, 
We do have some Red Sox notes for you. And basically, it's back to the draft, which was only five rounds, and the Sox only got to, to do four rounds. But Baseball America says the Red Sox lead the league in undrafted free agent signings, 11 so far. Red Sox are one of eight teams to sign eight or more players. The Reds and the Phillies signed 10. The Yankees, the Astros, the Cubs, nine Cardinals and Rangers with eight. You look, there, there are some teams who have signed three or fewer. Some teams, the Rays, the Angels, and Tigers, haven't signed any. They just said the hell with it. Uh, Pirates, Dodgers, Rockies, Diamondbacks, they've signed one player each. But the Red Sox are going all out to get the guys they want, and I love that. Uh, not only did they have Chris Sale call the St. Joseph's right-hander, Jordan D. Valerio, a little recruiting pitch. The Sox had Xander Bogarts make a recruiting video for this kid Cuba Best, the, the first baseman at Grand Canyon College. So I like that the Red Sox are being proactive on that front. And, and hopefully you guys are with me that we're ready for something here, whatever it is. Just, you know, we'll meet you there. Just tell us what's going on. Let's wear our masks and make sure that we're not infecting anybody. My thing, and I'll close with this, it's a little bit cynical. I, I think they are going to come up with some good rules, some good ways to keep everybody as safe as possible. I, I really do believe that. However, uh, there's, in my experience around baseball clubhouses, there's always at least one guy. Sometimes it's more. On the team of idiots, it might have been 10. But there's always one guy who thinks he's above the rules. That, ah, you know, this stuff is good for you guys. I'm fine. Doesn't apply to me. I'm not supposed to have people over in my room. But, yeah, you know what? My cousin's in town, and he's got some friends, and what could possibly go wrong? It takes one guy on that team, one guy, to be a dork and ruin it for everybody. And that, more than anything, frankly, is my fear, is that, you know, all this stuff finally gets done, the labor piece is made, and everything's ready to go, and some knucklehead on one team out of 30, that's all it's going to take, just kind of poops the whole thing. So if everybody, all of us, I mean, I'm not trying to be preachy here, but if we can all just do the right thing here for a couple of months, socially distance, wear the masks, take it easy, don't do anything dumb, let's see if we can get some baseball going. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, that was episode 260. Hope you enjoyed it. My name is Josh Lewin. This is Red Sox Beat from CLNS. Bye-bye.